0: But Jesus, mighty God, Shirley Caesar from back in the day, singing about the love of my life. And I hope he's the love of your life as well. You know, the psalmist says, My heart panteth uh, for him. Is your heart panting for the Lord this evening? You know, that's a great testimony to have because God said that that if you if you hunger. And if you thirst for righteousness, you shall be fed. So when you're panting and you're hungry for God and you're thirsty for God, you're giving Him something to work with. And you know, so we ought to give God something to work with. We ought to give Him certainly something that He can use. And I, I think our hunger and thirst for Him is is what He is certainly looking for. This is May 3rd, 2022, and you're listening to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., and on Saturdays, uh, you can find us on KKLA at 11.30 p.m., And if you, that's 99.5 on FM, but we can also be heard on the live stream of KKLA.com. You know, uh, certainly we believe the word, the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. And so we're not going to be long tonight. Just simply want to talk about the gospel. You know, um, but before we do that, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your love and mercy this evening. Lord, giving me this opportunity to proclaim your word. Lord God, I just want to honor you, Lord God, Honor your name that you've given us. We can call on your name and be saved. Lord, we thank you that that we're yet calling on you. Lord God, and we thank you for a reasonable portion of health. Thank you for opening our eyes up, giving us an opportunity to see this day that was not promised to us. Lord God, and we thank you, Lord. Lord. We thank you and ask that you would help us to walk before you be found pleasing in your sight. Lord, that if you should call our name, when you call our name, Lord God, we may hear your voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Lord God, help us to be faithful over the few things that you have given us. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Again, just wanna talk about the gospel. Simply gospel. You know, we go to the store and we buy simply orange, simply cranberry, simply apple, you know, the juice, which is supposed to be 100 very concentrated, frozen stuff, you know, and no uh, nothing added to it, you know. There used to be a, 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 a tea commercial similar to that, uh, where it was just simply tea, you know, uh, and stuff that tea is made of, uh, something along those lines. Some of you that that may recall that, and, but you know, it, it's all about what is real. No artificial flavors. We're not adding any artificial flavor, you know, to the. To the word of god the bible will tell us that if you add to his word uh, he's going to add uh of the plagues to you and if you take away from his word he's going to take away what you could have obtained and so you don't want to put yourself in that situation and and so it's best to just stick simply with the gospel you know and always pray for an understanding always ask for an understanding ask for clarity don't walk around thinking like oh, i i think i got it no ask make sure you got it this is your soul salvation now, i encourage uh, everyone at cornerstone and every other place ask questions don't assume anything ask if you're right on what you was thinking that's good and next time you have a thought ask again but make sure you have it right in Ephesians, and and I'm I'm reading from Ephesians 4 and beginning at the 30th verse, and this is something I had in my notes on Sunday. And so just going to simply go over uh, the word of God and, uh, you know, and, and, and my prayer is that you are blessed by what is said. And so the Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, we've been in the book of Revelation, we've concluded the book of Daniel, and by no means have we uh, scratched the surface of uh, of the gospel uh, and the books that we were in. Uh, We are just, I mean, the tip of the iceberg, I don't even think that's a proper expression. The word of God is, is you're not going to exhaust it. It's inexhaustible, you know, and so we didn't go into a deep dive. A deep dive is, is for when we have is for our counseling sessions or ministerial counseling. We'll go into some deep diving, but we've only scratched just the surface, just to, you know, and so uh, the Bible tells us that not to grieve the Holy spirit of God, where, by year sealed until the day of redemption, you need to be sealed. Now, God's seal is not like any other seal. You, you know, you go to the grocery store, you buy uh, something that's in a sealed package. It could be a canned good; it's sealed in that can. It could be milk that's been refrigerated. But if you note, they all have an expiration date. God's seal does not include an expiration date on his people. Now, these bodies that we're in, uh, we know these bodies expire, but your soul, your spirit, uh, does not expire. Your spirit is going to survive throughout eternity. You, you are a living soul. Uh, God breathed into Adam. Adam became a living soul before God breathed into him. He was not a living soul. He had no thought, no movement, no nothing. Uh, Someone was singing a song and they said that Adam was laying there wondering about what God was gonna do next. Now I'm paraphrasing what the song said, but that was not real. Adam was not laying there thinking anything. He was just a lump of dirt, clay. He had just been formed. And so he was just existing in that form. Adam didn't know he was existing he that dirt is just like you walking you piling up some dirt in your yard there's no conscious awareness there's nothing there there was nothing until God blew breath into him and then Adam became a living soul well that soul lives your soul lives you are in existence and you're not going into oblivion Uh, And you're not going into a non-existent state. But what is important is that you are sealed by the spirit of God until the day of redemption. And so Paul is reaching out to the church at Ephesus and he's reminding them of some things. And just like right now, I'm reminding you of these things, just simply the gospel. He said, "Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. you're all excited. Calm down. You know, Sometimes you see a bumper sticker that say, get in, buckle up and shut up. Calm down. Just be calm. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger. And clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You, you put forth some effort to get rid of the bitterness. Well, they hurt my feelings. It, 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 there's no denying about that. Your feelings were hurt. You need to say my feelings were hurt. And you're going to have to work to let that go. Well, they shouldn't have done that. Well, there are some things that we probably should not have done too. Maybe not to that individual, but let's be fair and let's be forgiving. Because if we cannot forgive the person that is right in front of us, we can't forgive our our family members. We can't forgive our friends, our associates. We can't forgive people that we see day to day or maybe we don't see them at all anymore. What make you think God is going to forgive you? The scripture tell us that if you can't forgive the person next to you, then, then you hopelessly are lost because God is not going to forgive you. Bitterness. Some things make us bitter. And we have to learn to take that bitterness and use it to our advantage. And to move on. And what's that saying when life throws you? lemons make lemonade and so maybe you don't know how to make lemonade so you have to learn maybe you have to ask somebody to show you how to make lemonade out of make sure you ask the right person and so he goes on to say and be kind one to another tender hearted have some compassion for others don't always want I want compassion for me well The Bible said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Have some compassion for someone else. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake have forgiven you. All of us love to be forgiven. All of us love some mercy. All of us love some kindness, you know, the act of kindness that is given to us. All of us enjoy that. And so we ought to extend that to others. We ought to be just as kind to others as we desire them to be to us you know sometimes a person may look mean maybe they're having a rough day or maybe they've just not smiled today but because you say hi are you doing a nod or something it changes the expression on their face and uh, all of a sudden there's a smile because they they realize instantly that they weren't smiling or something but or they respond. We ought to show some kindness, some compassion towards someone else. He goes on to say, be ye followers, therefore followers of God as dear children. It doesn't mean that we're gonna be naive. We teach our children not to be naive. We, We teach our children, you know, and I hope you're teaching them and warning them of stranger danger. I remember uh, we were going to uh, take a drive someplace, and we were considering the vehicle that we had and maybe renting something. And I, I, I told my, I said, well, we ought to just get a little minivan. And my, my grandson, um, young man, teen, and, and in high school, he said, no, no, no. He said, we, he said, don't you know people drive up next to you with vans and, and, and you come up missing <laughs> get a car? So we teach our children to be careful about the environment. And the Bible tells us to come as dear children, but it doesn't tell us to be naive. It doesn't tell us, you know, to to do things without practicing some common sense. And let me let me just touch this right quick. You know, if some common sense, you don't trust everybody. Uh, you know, you teach your children don't. Don't put your hand in a stranger's pocket for some candy. You don't do that. Little girls, little boys, you don't do that. Well, it's the same as adults. Don't fall for any and everything. Don't be naive. Be, be humble, be sincere, be forgiving, be you know friendly, but don't be naive. We could be as gentle as doves and as wise as serpents. Don't be naive. He said, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication, unmarital sex acts, uh, and uncleanliness, covetousness, I just got to have it what I want. Let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Now, covetousness, you know, you see someone else get something. And so you want you have to go out and get it too. you have to, you know, because you want to outdo them. That You don't want you want to feel like they're not doing. Don't be covetous. Don't the Bible said don't covet another man's husband. Don't covet another uh, excuse me. Uh, another woman's husband. Don't covet uh, another man's wife. We don't covet people or their servants or anything. It's different to admire uh, some something someone has, but to want it for yourself and then to show jealousy. You know, and that first part he said, but fornication and unlawful sex acts and the things that, uh, you know, you, you don't need to sample the pudding before you get married. You don't need to do that. The Bible doesn't teach us to do that. And anyone that advises you to do it is out the will of God. Well, how do you know we're compatible? you compatible because you, you said you're in love. And when you're in love, the whole world's delicious. At least that was the commercial, you know, of the restaurant. But you said you were in love. You, you went to counseling, I hope. And you talked about those things that what your expectations are. And instead of ignoring what the counselor is recommending or what the counselor is saying, whether it's financial compatibility or, or, or any other emotional, then you need to either adjust or move on. So we're going to avoid fornication, wait until the marriage, consummate the marriage between male and female when it is in holy matrimony. Vows are made unto the Lord in the the presence of your witnesses. And we're going to avoid uncleanliness and covetousness. Let it not be maimed among us. The Bible tell us to shine the very appearance of evil. If it doesn't look right, don't do it. Brothers, if you, uh, you marry, but you with that sister at one in the morning at the store, unless your wife said asked you to go with her to the store because her car broke down, and you know, there is full disclosure there, there, you understand what I'm saying? There's no reason for you to be out at the Santa Monica Pier. Same thing with uh, wives. You have a husband. Why are you going to uh, talk to some other guy about fixing your car without talking to your husband first? I'm going to take it to the shop. I'm going to take it to his backyard. He has a shop in his backyard. No, your husband should be taking it to the shop in his backyard if it's legit. Shone the very appearance of evil. Let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Now, I know that common sense tells us these things. And sometimes we need to be reminded. He said, neither fornication, excuse me, neither filthiness, 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 herders, or some that are herders, you whore things, or foolish talking neither jesting. now justing joking and laughing at something that's true is different it's two different things but when, when you uh then uh, go forth to tell a joke that is really a lie then that's a problem there's an issue there and, and so uh, you know and so But if it's something that's funny, because I see a lot of funny things in church. I see a lot of things in in service that I've seen comedians make fun of. You know, they they exaggerate it. But it's hilarious because there is some truth to what they are saying. There's some truth to it. You know, we've seen the truth. Now, there is a... Um, people will dance in service. People will be in service and dance. Now we dance at football games. We rejoice. We, it's a it is a demonstration of happiness and joyfulness. But then there are those that go home and practice a new dance. They practice something that, that the next time they service and the music reach a certain peak, they have a whole new dance. They have a whole step. I'm, I'm going to laugh at that because I know you went home and practiced some. You put together some moves from back in the 70s, the 80s and 90s, and you're going to get busy with it in, in the service. That's hilarious to me, especially when I know what you're doing and, have, and can identify certain things with it. And so, you know, and so there is a difference in just telling a straight out lie to try to make some, someone laugh. For this you know that no homemarker, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idler have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. And I think we're all trying to make it there. We're all pressing our way, pressing toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, we're, we're working, we're striving, we're fighting a good fight of faith, laying hold on eternal life, as the preacher would say, as the word of God says. But if you are a whoremonger, you're signing up on, on Tinder and all these different apps, you already know in your mind that, that you're sneaking off someplace to do something that you should not be doing, you're a homewunger. Well, I met them on um, Match.com, and you had—if you had a purpose in mind that was outside of what is holy matrimony—you're a homemonger. Well, Pastor, you, look, I'm just telling you—it's simply gospel. Are your—is your conscience clear? Are you doing things with the right motive in mind? Well, let's let's go on here. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Practice prudence is what he is saying. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now, he's not talking about uh, people that don't call themselves Christians. He's not talking about or talking to people that that don't uh, that walk in unbelief. He's talking to those that say, I am a child of God. I'm a member of the church, whatever church it is that you're a member of. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. And he wants you to know that, that if you walk and do a certain thing, you are going to fall into the wrath of God. Now, I need you to hold on just a moment here. I need you to hold on. Don't listen to this. I'm going to put you on hold. <laughs> Just simply talking about the gospel here. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you a Matter of fact, you can you can listen to this while I at you all. Bless you, Lord. My God is
1: awesome.
0: All right, I'm back. Let's, 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 Let's continue on here. My God is awesome. That's why I'm talking about his awesomeness and the fact that we can avoid the wrath that comes from an awesome God by being obedient to what he says. It's an effort. It's something we do. He said, be not ye therefore partakers with them. With who? Those that use vain words. With those that are not being prudent. Those that, uh, that are homemongers, Those that are fornicate. Those that are filthy. Those that are walking around just lying just to try to make, you know. Listen. He said, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. That's what we're about. The kingdom of God is about his goodness. Uh, was existing before the world was framed, Because the Bible tells us that there was a lamb that had been slain before the foundation of the world. So God already knew that Adam would get caught up. And this is, we'll get into this as we venture go into the book of Genesis uh, next uh, next Tuesday. But the, but Adam, Adam was caught up. Adam was caught up in, uh, he saw, he saw a reflection of himself. Adam saw what God uh, birthed out of him when he, when he, God applied his own anesthesia, put Adam to sleep, took a rib and, uh, and created a female. Adam woke up and uh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He was excited. Adam didn't have to walk around and think about what he saw animals doing, being fruitful and multiply because he was going to be fruitful and multiply too. And he chose her over God. What are you choosing today? For the fruits of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and of truth. And he said, prove what is acceptable unto God. The life we live is proving what is acceptable unto God. And so if I'm going to prove what is acceptable of God, then I have to uh, make sure that I avoid fellowship with unfruitful works. I I have to weigh things out. If that's not going to benefit me, if it's not going to be a fruitful conversation, I need to walk away from it. I need to leave it alone. But rather, reprove them. Now, how do we do that? How do we reprove someone? Now, now, remember, again, he's talking to the church. He's not telling you to run out and reprove someone that's doing something wrong that that that's their lifestyle he's talking about reproving someone that says my lifestyle is in the church that has to be corrected when it's incorrect if it's not correct it's incorrect if it doesn't make common sense then it is nonsense for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret the people sneaking to do things in secret. When we were in the book of Ezekiel, the Lord told Ezekiel, he said, Go to the wall and look at it. There's a hole there. Just, just look right in and you can see what they doing. They thinking they get away, they're saying, God don't see me. There's how many times have you felt like that? You you just felt like God don't see you, and you just you just off to the races. And when his eyes go to and fro in the earth, beholding the good, God's looking and booking. Remember, there is a book of remembrance. There is a book of life. There is. And the books were open. And we're judged out of those books. Well, right now, uh, the church judgment begins in my house. So everyone in the church right now is being judged by God. Mm-hmm. So preachers, you don't have to you do not have to tell people uh, that I'm judging. Just preach the word. Just preach the word. Uh, now, for those that don't know, elders are judges mm-hmm the pastors are over the shepherd over the sheep those are protectors they are judging the watchman was told to watch and if you see so when someone is telling you the truth regardless you caught in your emotions and and you know y'all boot up and everything like no listen just simply the gospel you gotta follow the same gospel that we're all that we all have to follow Wherefore, he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. Now, I expect some foolish things from certain people, young people. They do foolish things because they're still learning. But after you cross a certain threshold... I don't expect you to do foolish things. You cross a certain threshold. you're no longer young. you're you're not a young, foolish person. you are an old fool. Don't be an old fool. Be wise. Matter of fact, the young expect us to be wise. Sometimes young people do things. I, I was once young, I'm I'm still, you know, I'm still wobbling there of what that means when you're not young again but but i'm mature but i I do remember there was things that i expected someone older than me to know and understand and to give me advice on and our young people are looking for the same thing they're not looking for you to be a an old fool. They're looking for you to be wise because one day they're going to either pattern themselves after you or they're going to come and ask you a question about something that they erred in or something they're trying to avoid, you know, because they want to be straight. They want to start. They are maturing. And so they expect you to be wise, redeeming the time because you understand the days are evil. He said wherefore be ye not unwise but understand that the what the will of the lord is understand what the will of the lord is you got to spend some time getting to know him to understand his will there are some things that we've grown up with um, that we've learned through organizations that we learned through a church history that really is not applicable to what it said it's just What man has implemented and God honors some things because uh, he said, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind him, whatever you loose on earth. But when it comes down to look, comparing it to his word, you need to understand what his will is. And so you have to spend some time in the word. And that's why I stress so, uh, so strongly that you have to, that you must ask what uh, those questions are. You must ask the ministers. You must question it. I'm not talking about debating or arguing. I'm talking about getting an understanding so that you can know what the will of the Lord is. Now, I'm not going to be able to, I'm not trying to finish all of this. Matter of fact, I I had not planned on being long tonight at all. But I, I want you to understand this that flesh and blood cannot inherit and will not inherit the kingdom of God. And all the things that have been mentioned are things that are fleshly, gratifying to uh, the individual, to the person in there and their flesh, not the spirit, but the flesh itself. Now, I'm dropping down to the 25th verse here. It says, Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. You have to stop and think. How did Christ love the church? How did he do that? How much did God love? For God so loved the world that he uh, gave his only begotten son, that whom God loved so much. Do you love her? So much that you're willing to give. And I believe that that you do. And I believe that she loved you. So you, you never have to use those words, obey me or nothing like that. I think that's a terrible statement to make unless this is an extreme situation. Like, I'm life-threatening and you trying to really push them. But I don't think those are words that are necessary if you just love. Love be that good thing. Now they don't. If they cannot appreciate a good thing, you know, uh, uh, Hosea was was married to Goma, excuse me, t- and and she went on. She had a good thing, but she went on to 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 run back out and play the whore. She went on and she left home. She she took a bath and caressed and came back smelling like gray flannel. She had a good thing. Well, people do that to God. Come to church, get washed by the word, and then go out and get dirtied up again with someone else. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ have also loved the church and gave himself for it. God gave himself as a ransom uh, for Israel ransom israel from the grave not just israel but us that he might sanctify and cleanse it who us the church with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church having not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. God says that he wants us to be holy and without blemish. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's not gonna iron the wrinkles out. He's not going to remove the spots because you can do that and you can remain spotless. Yes, you can. All you have to do is, the Bible said, resist the devil while calling upon the Lord. Resist him. Call upon him. It. The more you do something, the easier it becomes. It's just like when you go to the gym, you do weight resistance and, you know, you play basketball. And, you know, if you ever watch the athletes and why wow, they've made all these shots uh, repeatedly is because they spend uh, spend hours shooting a basketball from the same spot a hundred times. Well, that is uh, that repetition of obedience, that discipline. Well, you discipline yourself to obey the word of God. I'm not going to do it. It's going to uh, destroy my soul. I'm not going to do that because it's going to be pleasing, uh, unpleasing to God. I'm not going to do that. It's going to impact my family. It's going to impact my, my, my community, my neighbors. When I could be a light, when I could be that salt of the earth, why am I going to do something? Why am I going to be uh, illustrate darkness when I can illustrate light? When God has cleansed us up. Blessed us to come up walking in the newness of life. Through the water baptism in his name. Blessed us to have a... a uh, a new page, so to speak, a new beginning. And we're gonna mess it all up for what? For a few jokes, for a moment of pleasure, because somebody uh, rained on your parade. There we go. Had to find the right word to say. Cause somebody rained on your parade. Well, it's gonna rain and night's gonna come and the sun's gonna shine. The wind's going to blow. Things are going to happen that we don't like and what we do like. But our uh, but the fact that we're going to be resilient, the fact that we're going to have some tenacity, the fact that we're going to uh, hold on to what God is saying. What did Paul say when we first started this and uh, that that four and 30th verse grieve not the Holy Spirit of God? And then he started talking about that those things that would grieve the Lord. Well, we're not going to do that. We're, we are made up in our mind. We're determined that at the end of the day, when I say the end of the day, today is uh, for some, it is May 4th. Uh, for us, is May 3rd. But at the end of the day, on, on that on this Tuesday and for Wednesday for others. At the end of this day, you want to hear the Lord say, well done good and faithful servant. You don't want to uh, be feeling like, man, I blew it today. Uh, because you didn't have to blew it. Uh, Ephesians, the, the fourth chapter through the, the fifth, and coming to a, a, a close of this. But the 27th verse in the fifth chapter, that he might present it to himself. To himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Without blemish. You know, some of us had we have some blemishes. You know, we could think of some hiccups and things that that we did. You know, some things that scarred us and emotionally and spiritually. But then God comes along and say, though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. The blemish that you had, he he removed it. So why make the snow yellow? Stay away from that yellow snow. Why make the snow any other color besides white? He made it white as snow. He purified us. For no man have uh, yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and church and and Cherished it even as the Lord, the church. Now, husband, love your wives. She's your own flesh. And so as Christ has loved the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a young man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now, I'm reading this because here it is right here, the 32nd verse. This is a great mystery. He get, he went through the path of talking about husband and wife and, and, and the, the, the matrimony and the unity and the being of one because he's talking about the great mystery concerning Christ and the church. We're like the virgins. There was I want to talk about the five that was wise. I don't want talk about the five that was foolish. I'm going to leave that 50 percent alone. But the five that was wise that had the lamps lit. They had enough oil. They, they, they weren't satis, satisfied with status quo. They brought extra. They went the extra mile, the extra step to have what they needed. Because they were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And they didn't know when he was going to come, but they was going to be prepared. Oh, thank you, Jesus. They was going to be prepared. And so in a preparedness, they went to extra. Let's go to extra. Let's let's go to extra. And, and Lord, what can I do for you? Well, first off, I can... Present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. That Paul said that's our reasonable service. And so we could do that. Let's just be consistent right there. Let's just be consistent with presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. I think if, we, if you do that, you'll be all right. I think if we do that, You know, we we cannot go wrong in in, in just following those instructions and and following the instructions that that God has given us through his word. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of, of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. If you're looking for a church home, I want to encourage you to stop by and if you're not in the Pasadena, excuse me, the Pomona area, go to a church of truth and power near you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word, this, this short time of exhortation. Lord God, and we just want to give you glory and honor. We just want to simply be real and, and present your gospel, your word, which is uh, simple. You said it's so simple that a fool would not err. Lord God, you've given us of yourself, you've you've exalted us because you've given us your word of salvation. You brought us out of the muck and miry, Lord God, you've forgiven sin. Lord Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for this time of salvation that you have redeemed us. Lord God, we bless you. And Lord God, we just pray and ask that you would help us, each one of us, to continue to live according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed and continue to pray for me as I'm praying for you. And we'll be back on Sunday morning. As I said, on Saturdays, the Lord has enlarged our borders. You can find us on KKLA at 99.5 FM as well as KKLA.com. Be blessed and bless someone else.